from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. We are going to have a fun rundown today because there are things to talk about. This team is getting ready to eh, try to get active into the free agent market. We're going to cover all the bases for you. A couple of interesting topics you're going to enjoy, but really want to start today with a little bit of news that happened and got confirmation from one of the local Chiefs beat reporters. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you for listening. And there is a ton to talk about when it comes to this team. And as you specified, trying to get active in free agency, although I don't expect they'll be able to get very active. No, they they have things to do before they even can, but definitely feel like there's an undertow of of low-end deals that they're going to be looking to try to upgrade a little bit. And there's a lot that's going to go into that because in order to have a low-end upgrade, you have to have a veteran that's released that isn't going to demand a ton of money. And that's what we're starting to see. Uh, A piece from our buddy Nate Taylor over at The Athletic confirmed what we talked about last week and the week before, that the team's not going to be expected to bring back Tano Passanio or Alex Okafor, uh, much like we've pretty much decided. Blatantly out of that report is that Taco Charlton is not amongst that group. So I do feel like they are trying to bring him back. Yeah, and I will say this. I agree that they're not going to bring Okafor back. I would not be shocked if Tano ends up back in Kansas City for another year uh, on a very cheap deal. The one thing that is throwing a wrench into everything is they still don't know what the salary cap is going to be. There's talk that they're going to have to move back the franchise tag deadline that I think is tomorrow. Well, by the time you're listening to this, I think will be today. Uh, it's supposed to be something that they're already working on, but they don't have the the numbers yet. There's too many things that they can't iron out between the NFLPA and the NFL, so they've got to get that figured out. And once they get that figured out, then you're going to really see the bloodletting that we've been talking about start to happen. And at that point, you're going to have so many free agents that are out there and available. The money is just not going to be there. I saw something, I think it was from OTC that said, from over the cap, that said that in most years, the total, the average amount per team available is like $43 million. This year, it's expected to be 13. Wow. That's that's drastic. huge. I mean, that's what, three and a half times or two, well, two and a half times the amount of, uh, or two and a half times less of the amount of normal, a normal season. So that's massive. And there are going to be a lot of players that are not going to get paid this offseason that we're hoping they would. Yeah. And, and that's going to work out for the Chiefs because the deals would be lower and they have to be available. A couple of new additions to that are not from Kansas City because I think that may be coming, but we're not there yet. But two guys that the Chiefs are familiar with got released in Carlos Dunlap. And now it uh, looks like LaMarcus Joyner is going to join him in free agency to higher end uh, contracts that just aren't affordable in this scenario. No, and they're not going to be affordable. And it's also possible that they're going to end up having to release Trent Brown. Uh, which, you know, you look at what they did in 2019, bringing all these people in, and four of their big free agent signings are gone in after two years. One of them never played for him, which, I mean, you know, Antonio Brown is his own little issue. But, uh, you know, the whole thing is just, yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. And, and the Raiders are going to continue to struggle if they do that again. But the bigger thing for me is, how is that going to affect this entire class? How is that going to affect this entire free agent class? Uh, and I do think it's also important to point out that there are teams out there that have a ton of cap space like the Jacksonville Jaguars who are going to be around $80 million in free cap space. 
Well, and they'll be snapping up those veterans as well to try to bolster their roster. I, I think that competition is going to be interesting. And competition is what it all comes down to. We need to get into what is probably the most bang for the buck competition group that you can have along a line. And that's coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Unlike yesterday, when we had a lot of concepts about how to get off a press and those kind of things, the discussion about tight ends has to be a little bit different. Because I think what Travis does in going from being in line to splitting out in the, the slot to going all the way out wide, I think that's that's definitely a skill set you can't find every day. But it's also one that I don't think they want to uh, replicate. I think you want to complement it. Would you rather see somebody who can do all those positional things, at least from alignment, that Travis can? Or would you rather try to do something different? Same thing Travis does. Okay. Uh, and it's because I think you can get somebody that does what you need at the t- tight end position that does the normal skill, they're the normal tight end skill positions. I think you can find somebody in the draft to do that. But if you could add somebody that could at least be somewhat of what Kelsey is in his position, then I think you're going to be in a much better shape because we've talked about this for the past couple of years, and I will continue to talk about it. They are one Travis Kelsey injury away from having a much different season in any year. Yeah, I can't argue with you there. That is certainly uh, a tall order. I will say this, though. Right now, in terms of this offense, I feel like I want somebody a little bit different. I don't know that I want another guy that can go all the way out and split out to the, the single wide. Like, I'm happy if you could get into the slot with him. He could be in line a little. I'm looking for more of the H back. Um, as you guys heard, or if you didn't, go back and listen to Friday's show because we were live in our recording when it was announced that Anthony Sherman was retiring. I don't know that they replace him with a fullback, but I'd like to see them replace him with an H back, a guy that can line up off the line of scrimmage, but in kind of a tight end role, much like you see with Kyle Juszczyk, who I don't think is actually going to be viable for this team. And I know a lot of folks will ask that question, but that way you can be in the slot, be in the in line, and you can be H. And I think that would complement Travis a lot. And I'm not saying you can't complement Travis Kelsey. I'm saying that if you have an injury, the whole reason they went and got McCole Hardman, and they can deny this all they want, is because they wanted to give themselves some insurance for Tyree Kill. You have no insurance for Travis Kelsey right now. And if you get somebody that's going to be different than him, which I'm not saying you can't, then you still have no insurance for Travis Kelsey. Honestly, you're not going to replace Travis Kelsey with anybody in the NFL. And I get that completely. My whole point is, is that you need to have another tight end that can do some of what he can do and split out and do the things that Kelsey does. 
Uh, granted, it won't be as, as high of another as high of a level as Kelsey does. But that goes back to what we talked about yesterday when it comes to the, to the wide receiver position, because if you can find a, another wide receiver position or like I said, maybe somebody that can be a tight end and kind of go do some of the middle stuff that Kelsey has done so well and that Watkins has done so well over the past couple of seasons for Kansas City. If you can find somebody that can do that, uh, then if you lose Kelsey, it's not as big of a deal. It's going to still be a big deal, but it's not going to be hurt you as much. And you still have enough, you know, lower level offense or closer to uh, the line of scrimmage offense than just having, you know, a guy like Hill or a guy like Hardman who's trying to take the top off the defense. Yeah. And I think those guys are available in this draft for sure. I don't know if anyone's available that can fill that role in free agency. I, if they did, I think they're going to be really expensive. Um, and we talked about Njoku, not available yet, but uh, looks like Ertz might. I know uh, Travis's brother went back to Philly, but Ertz might still be available for a, a low end trade. Is that something that you want to look at? No, probably not. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to say you go spend a whole bunch of money and, and go get one of the marquee guys, but you got to find somebody that can, that can do some of the stuff that Kelsey does. Mm-hmm. Because while you're not going to maybe have the, the, maybe they're not going to step in and, and do what Kelsey does stats wise, but if they can step in and catch two or three or four balls while Kelsey's out for a couple of games, that still gives you something that's going to be huge in the middle of the field and can open other things up. And that's the important part. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I want to look for somebody that can do that, that could step into that role, be in line when they need to. But I also, and this is why everybody, you know, if you were with us a couple seasons ago, while I, while I was so high on the prospect of John Lovett because of that ability to play the H, line up in line if he had to. I think he's like 235 pounds, something like that. So definitely light for a tight end, but not grossly so. So if they could find somebody that can be somewhere in there, and it might be, uh, a tight end on the smaller side. It might be somebody else that can do what Travis can do in the majority for, like you said, a few games. I don't think, I don't think there's any way you can replace Travis Kelsey if it's like a season ending injury. We all acknowledge he is what he is, but if you can do that and then you can also step back and be on the field with him when he returns, I think that's really the best of both worlds. There's a couple tight ends in this class it will go over as we get closer, but Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame's one of them you guys should be looking at. I think it's a really interesting case for being able to block and pass catch. Um, being a guy that is a, a move tight end is what they call them these days. Um, and I just want to note, do you really think that somebody that lines up in the backfield like a fullback is something that Andy wants to continue to have? With as little as they used Anthony Sherman, it's really hard for me to see, say that that would be a yes. I love Sherman. I, I really appreciate what he did for this offense. I really appreciate what he did for the special teams units and what he did for this team when it came to leadership. But it's really hard for me to look at what they used him with the past couple of seasons and say that they want an actual fullback. What I do think is, and this is kind of what we talked about when we found out Sherman retired, I think they could go into a situation and say, okay, well, we're not going to carry a, a traditional fullback anymore, which I know will kill you. But if they go with a, you know, a more of a uh, Jason Dunnish type tight end, that's more of a blocking tight end that can catch the ball a little bit. Maybe that gives you the ability to change things up a little bit. Maybe he can be in the backfield when you need somebody that's a big guy, that's a blocker uh, and used in a fullback type role. 
Yeah, and I got one for you. Luke Farrell, Ohio State. Uh, he'll be a free, undrafted free agent. Somebody that can do something like that. And you're absolutely right. Uh, but I will say this. I would rather the, the roster not have a fullback on it than have one and not use it. That's where sure. I come down. But I think uh, the one thing I will say is Sherman was always a key contributor on special teams. Mm-hmm. And he's always huge on special teams. And, you know, you say what you want about his ability to do different things. Uh, when it came to getting on the football field, he's the one that sprung Damian Williams for that touchdown run in the Super Bowl too. Mm-hmm. He took out two guys on one play, and you know, so I, I think it's you know, I hate to see him go, but I get it. And you know, if they don't replace him with another fullback, I do think that Andy is going to look at it and say, okay, well, maybe I can go get a guy like the one you just mentioned uh, as an undrafted free agent, and there's scheme things that he can do that will open up different things. And you may think I'm crazy because I'm sitting here saying Andy would scheme something up for a guy that's an undrafted free agent. <laughs> Andy schemes things up for everybody. Mm-hmm. If he likes your skill set and he likes what you do and you th- he thinks it gives him an advantage in any way, shape, or form, he's going to use it. So it doesn't have to be a ton of plays. It doesn't have to be a you know three or four pages worth of plays. It just has to be you know one or two plays here and there it can really change a game. It is, and Andy will scheme up anything for his offense. It's not necessarily for one player. It's for getting that offense what it needs, and more and more, I think that's going to be short range as you see the cover fours and the strange cover threes, you know, the double robbers and the things that defenses are going to do to try and emulate what the Tampa Bay Bucks did in the Super Bowl. So that's where it has to start, but that can't be where it ends. There, there's got to be more to it, and how he delivers the ball is probably the most important. We have to take a look at what's going on in the interior offensive line, and that is coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. This is really intriguing to me because I feel like there is an opportunity on this position group, center guard, center, or guard, center, guard, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> center guard, center. <laughs> well, I, I keep thinking they lost now. I keep thinking both their centers are free agents. So, um, <laughs> uh, But there's opportunity there to really change the dynamic of what this team is doing. And whether that's Allegretti or, you know, of all the speculation that Kelechi Assembly could return, uh, having spots open at center and right guard with even if LDT returns. I think there is an opportunity to change the paradigm about the way you go about blocking 
in this scheme that may drift away from the inside-outside zone a little bit. But again, we'll come back to what Andy always does, and that is predicate everything on pass block. Yeah, and I really am curious to see what Kansas City does this season, this offseason to fix their offensive line. Because if there's one thing that I've seen year in and year out since Veach has been here, it's to try to give Patrick as many weapons as he can and to always keep him uh, and try to give him anything he needs to be successful. And to me, after seeing what he dealt with in the Super Bowl, you can't tell me that Andy Reid and, and Brett Veach are looking at that game and going, okay, we need a new guard, a new center, a new guard, and maybe two new tackles as well just because of how bad that went last in that, in the Super Bowl, And yes, I get that there's injuries. Yes. I get that there's guys that are going to be coming back, but I still think it's a huge ask to have Eric Fisher play this season, especially being back for training camp. Um, I think that's a huge ask in uh, the Mitchell Schwartz. I hope he's back. And if he is great, but then you start getting on onto the interior, which is what we're talking about. And, I really think the interior could also depend on what they do at the tackle position because those guys are all going to play hand in hand. And if you have a Mitchell Schwartz and you really feel like he's going to be back, then maybe that gives you a little bit more ability to go with a young guy at right guard. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what you're going to do with LDT when he comes back, but uh, you know, or or maybe that gives you the ability to go with a young guy at center. I, you know, to me, Austin Ryder isn't the answer at center. I think he was passable at times, but he is not what you need at that position. You need somebody that is going to be able to keep people out of Mahomes' face. And obviously, it's never going to be a guy that is going to keep him out of Mahomes' face every single play. Um, unless you get lucky and draft another guy like Rodney Hudson, uh, those guys are few and far between. But you can go and get a good center. And I think that really is something that the Chiefs need to find this offseason because I think it really would open things up on the offense. Well, and it's funny that you bring up those guys in particular. And this is nothing against Eric Wiley or Andrew Wiley, folks. Um, I have to say this too out loud. As much as everyone understands that I am an LDT fan, I like what he does as a player. And I like who he is as a person in his other uh, profession. Just because he's coming back doesn't mean that he can play up to the standard that he was playing before. And if there's any standard playing before wasn't great. Exactly. When he was here the last season. So, I mean, the year they won the Super Bowl, he was playing okay, but he wasn't playing the way he played the year before that. So, is him coming back from an injury going to help? And here's my big issue with that. And and here's where I'm really struggling to figure out what this team is going to do because you sit here and you look at it and you say, okay, at least publicly they're saying that they're going to have Fisher, LDT, and Schwartz back. We have no idea what they're saying privately and we'll never know that and that's fine but are you really going to feel solid about all three of those guys coming back and expecting that you're going to get best case scenario on all three of them in my mind you always have to build for the worst case scenario and the worst case scenario is none of those guys are going to be here i agree completely and that's why we're still talking about right guard folks just plugging ldt back in doesn't mean it's going to be what it was so that is still a hole in my point. And again, nothing against Wiley, but I think they need an upgrade there because it wasn't enough. And I don't disagree with you, but I will say this. Maybe if LDT comes back, it may not be enough, but it's still better than what they had this season. And it gives you the ability to go and draft a center this year that you can plug in and feel good about having a new center and a new rookie as your center. Absolutely. Maybe. 
And that may be exactly what they have to do. And there's still an outside chance that they try to slide Allegretti over there. I don't think that's optimal, but they might give it a shot. And if they do, that allows you to slide some guys around at the guard spots as well. And if Osemele was to return, and you you do get that performance, right? But again, it's another question to, mark, right? But then you go back to a question, uh, you know, and, and here's the coup de gras of that: you go and want to, you know, a lot of people are going to say they want Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama. Why? I get that he's a fantastic player, but with all the injuries he's had, are you really going to feel comfortable about giving him? and putting another question mark and basically having a question mark at all five of your offensive line positions going into 2021. Well, that's, I mean, my that's thought. basically what you would do. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you had Fisher come back and you're expecting Osimile back and then you get Landon Dickerson and then you're having LDT and you're expecting Schwartz, then you have five question marks at every single position on the offensive line. Yeah. That's and a disaster waiting to happen. Sorry. No, you're absolutely right. And medicals are the number one reason guys get pulled off of teams' boards in this league. And quite frankly, Landon Dickerson is out of my one top 100, period, because you cannot trust that medical. And you're absolutely right. That'd be an asterisk to every starter's name. I just don't think you can do that. So it comes back to... Okay, so how many can you do that for? Two? If it's up to me, I'll let those tackles stand by themselves. I will draft their replacements, their backups, and feel good about that. And I will rebuild the interior three to be a three. It's funny that you mentioned Rodney Hudson because both the guys that played on either side of him are now free agents. That's going to be an interesting one as well. I don't know that they fit with what the Chiefs want to do. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't bring Incognito into this roster if you paid me 100 ways from Sunday. But Gabe Jackson has been... Uh, powerful enough in the past. I don't think that he's his own first blocker, but again, if they want to twist their mentality and what they want to do, that could fit. But then again, you're talking about spending money in free agency. Well, and what I will say, and what I think is going to be very interesting is I think you're going to see some other high price guards hit the free agency market this Mm -hmm. week. I think you can see Norwell getting cut in in Jacksonville. And I know there's another one, but I can't remember off the top of my head who it would be. Um, But there's another big free agent signing. Uh, or another big free agent guard that could be available. And then you have guys like Brandon Scherf, who is available, who I think is a fantastic guard. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he fits the system, I don't know. But, you know, you'd have to pay him a ton of money, which is more money than you would have paid LDT to begin with. And he's probably on the wrong side of 30 as well. So I don't know that you're really gaining what you want to gain there. I think where you need to look at, and honestly, I know people, some people will really hate this, but I would absolutely love it if Kansas City could find a way to go draft replacements at all three of those positions this year. Mm-hmm. And like, I wouldn't care if it's the first, I, I understand people will hate this, but I wouldn't care if it's the first three rounds. I think that's how important this is for the next, for the next 10 years of this team is finding those three guys that you can lean on to keep people out of Patrick Mahomes's face in the middle of the offense. The only thing that I would disagree with is I don't know that you need to go do that three spots in this draft only because you've invested in Yang and uh, Durant, who I don't think you have a feel for what they're going to be yet. That's true. So uh, I would concentrate on this interior group. Well, I'm, that's what I was talking about, the interior. Okay, so you're not talking I'm about talk- tackles. No, I'm talking guard, center guard. Okay. And honestly, I think you're – and we already talked about this, although I think I'm talking – I was talking guard, center guard, but I really think what you're going to have to do is probably do tackle, center guard, because I think you're going to have to get a left tackle because I don't know that they have one on the roster other than Fisher – uh, that you're going to feel comfortable having play there. So unless you're going to sign somebody, you're going to have to get somebody that can come in and play left tackle. 
um, in case something's wrong with Fisher and he's not able to go. But then guard and center, you're still going to have to get replacements for. And honestly, if I'm Kansas City, yeah, having wide receivers and tight ends and all that would be great for this offense. But if you can give Patrick Mahomes four seconds to throw, he's going to put up 40 points a game. Right. I don't care who his wide receivers are. <laughs> you know, it's it's very similar to the the pass rush versus coverage concept. You know, the pass block versus getting loose downfield is the same kind of thing. They help each other. Um, and I agree with you. I think Allegretti will be one of the interior three starters. I think they're comfortable with that. And I'm okay with that at this point, whether it's at center or if he stays at left, whatever. I think you can upgrade the other two. And I think that's what they're going to be looking for. So that's not the only thing. We're going to have Matt Derrick in tomorrow. We're going to his take on some of these topics. As well as what he, as well as what he'd like them to do, I think that's always important. And then we'll be back with you on Thursday. We're going to talk about Patrick and how he goes about his game, the discipline, the things that he needs to work on this offense to take his game not just to a new height because we all know how good he is, but to be able to battle not just what the defense does, but how his team has to work if they don't get all these things done. We're going to talk about him as well as what they should be looking for on the defensive end spot coming up on Thursday. Don't miss that one as well. And then we'll clean up the week with hopefully some extension news. I am knocking on wood here. Uh, We will give you all the info that we have as soon as we have it. Appreciate you guys checking us out. Don't miss tomorrow. And we thank you for listening today. We'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.